Christmas. Uh, kids, are you excited about Christmas tomorrow morning? Yeah. Yeah? Parents, are you excited about Christmas tomorrow morning? Yeah. Not quite as much, okay? Not quite as much. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, how many of you still have shopping to do? Raise your hand. Dads, husbands, don't raise your hand. Nobody's raising their hand. All right, so maybe you guys are good, but I, I'm guessing you still have some wrapping to do, maybe some cooking and cleaning to do for family as they come over. I'm guessing there's some things that still need to be done when you leave this place tonight. And, and maybe even as I bring that up, you, you weren't really thinking about that, but now you are, and there's some stress, there's some anxiety that wells up within you. You're like, well, I guess I, I do have to wrap that one gift, and I do have to fill that stocking, and we do have to clean this, and we do have to cook this, and, and this isn't done yet. And, and maybe some stress comes up in you in that moment. Well, you're in luck because tonight we're talking about peace, uh, and that we all need peace, and that Jesus is the prince of peace. But here's what I know. I know that even in this Christmas season, I know in all the chaos, in all the sound issues, in all the chaos in your life when you, before you came today, and in every part of your life, and the shopping, and the wrapping, and the lights, and the hot chocolate, and the carols, and the cooking, and the cleaning. I know there's stress there, but, but there's a deeper stress going on tonight. That all of us walk in here with different conflicts, difficulties, stresses, anxieties in our life. Now, some of it maybe more external and obvious. You know it, everyone else around you knows it, but some of it for you may be more internal and hidden. Uh, the stress nobody really knows about, it, the stress you don't like to talk about, that you try to pull back and hide. I know that all of us in this room, we have something along those lines as we enter into this night, as we enter into this season, that some of you, you feel alone. That some of you, this is your first Christmas without a spouse, through divorce, through death. Some of you, you're waiting on that spouse, right? You're waiting on that relationship to come and fulfill you and you look around and you see all the kids and you see all the lights and you see all the family activities and you think, I, I wish I had that. And you feel alone. Some of you have all of that. You have the spouse, you have the kids, you have the friends, but you feel alone because you've isolated yourself intentionally, just over time, distracting yourself, excluding yourself from community. And if you're honest, tonight you feel alone. Some of you just feel exhausted. Some of you are working 60 plus hours a week. Your to-do list is never done. The clothes are never clean. The kids are always sick. And you just feel exhausted. You're glad you made it here alive in one piece, and your kids did too. And you feel exhausted. Some of you are in the midst of some real difficulty tonight. You walk in here, finances are tight. They're a little bit tighter now that you got the Christmas shopping in. And you're not really trying to think about the debt and all the stuff to come in the new year, but finances are tight. The relationships are tense. Some of you have tense relationship with family members that are in this room. Don't look around, right? Just keep that to yourself. But you're thinking, as we go to dinner tonight, as we meet and hang out tomorrow, there's some relationships in my life that are tense, some unresolved conflict in my life. For some of you, there's some sin that's creeping up on you. For some of you, there's some sin that's taking over you. And there's some difficulty in your life. Listen, I don't know where you are along that spectrum. 
I don't know if your conflict, if your anxiety is external and obvious for everybody to see or if it's internal and hidden and nobody knows about it. But listen, tonight we gather together, we sing songs together, we look at scripture together to see the Prince of Peace. That wherever you are, you might experience peace for yourself tonight. Not just talk about it. Listen, not just sing about it but experience it for yourself. How do we do that? We're gonna do that as we look at the book of Isaiah, chapter nine, verse six. Just briefly, it's in the middle of your Bible in the Old Testament. You can grab a Bible and pull that up on your app or you can look on the screen. I'm gonna read it to you now. Isaiah nine, six, this is what it says. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If you haven't been with us over the last few weeks, we've been looking at these names. These are the names of Jesus. And if you don't know much about your Bible, that's okay. If you're new to church, we love it that you're here. You need to know this is the Old Testament. About 700 years before Jesus shows up on the scene, this is Isaiah. He is a prophet. He is foretelling what is to come, and he speaks hope in the midst of a harsh reality for the Israelites. They're in a deep gloom and a darkness. If you read the whole of chapter 8 and chapter 9, and Isaiah is proclaiming hope, and it's in the name, the names of Jesus, that someone who is going to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace is going to come. And he is going to invade our darkness with a great light. That that is coming, and Isaiah is proclaiming that. And I love this quote by a guy named Ray Ortland that really sums all that up. He says this. He says, look at Jesus. As the wonderful counselor, he has the best ideas and strategies. Let's follow him. As the mighty God, he defeats his enemies easily. Let's hide behind him. As the everlasting father, he loves endlessly. Let's enjoy him. As the prince of peace, he reconciles us while we are still his enemies. Let's welcome his dominion. We could say amen and go to dinner after that, but we're not. We're going to unpack that that prince of peace, that fourth name, just briefly, that Jesus is the prince of peace. His rule gives us access to peace with God and peace with others. It's a vertical peace. It's a horizontal peace. It transcends our circumstances, and the source of that is, is Jesus. And so what is peace? Sometimes when we think of peace, we think of nostalgia in a song. We think of ambiance in a season like Christmas. I think of songs and all the ones that mention peace. There were, there were two I came across that I wanted to do a little name that tune with you. You ready for this? I'm going to need your participation. You ready for this? Name that tune. Imagine all the people living life in peace. Imagine. It's in the verse, right? It's so easy. From a distance, there is harmony and it echoes through the land. It's the voice of hope. It's the voice of peace. It's the voice of every man. What song is that? From a distance, you guys are catching on. Bette Midler, a classic, right? Sometimes when we think of peace, we think of songs like that, right? This nostalgia of peace that if we could just experience it, it would give us rest. Sometimes we do think about the ambiance of Christmas and, and all the lights and, and everybody gets dressed up nice and we have festive decorations and we think that's going to bring us peace. Some of you kids, you don't even really know what peace is yet, but you're looking for it in a gift. 
right? You're hoping you're going to open it out of a box tomorrow morning, and it's going to bring this fulfillment of peace. Some of us in our culture, we just think of peace as absence of conflict. We just think if there's no conflict, then everything is at peace. Some of us think if we just had the balanced life, like if we could just get the right amount of exercise over here, and the right amount of nutrition over here, and the right amount of essential oils over here, then we could have peace. Right? Just put it, put it in the diffuser, rub it on your feet, and we'll have peace. Right? All of us think about peace in different ways. And listen, all of those things somewhat give us peace, don't they? Like all of those things aren't bad, but listen, they're incomplete that when you look at the Bible, that God has a grander, a broader, a more meaningful, a more lasting version of peace. And it comes from Jesus, the Prince of Peace. As you look at Isaiah 9-6, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. It's so rich in the original language, we don't just have one English word that captures it. And so as I would read commentators, they would describe it in multiple ways, like completeness, like safety, like health, like quiet, like contentment, like friendship, that it's all of those in one. That the peace of Jesus is holistic, it's comprehensive, and listen, it's eternal. Isaiah 9-7, it says, the peace of Jesus will have no end. You see, the, the, the peace of Jesus, because he's the source of peace and he's eternal, his peace is eternal. So the peace that we have access to, biblical peace that goes beyond our circumstances, we can have an eternal peace, and it comes from Jesus. It's shalom. And I want you to just think about that. Imagine for me uh, just a minute, if we had a president who brought us peace, what would eventually happen? His term would end, Right? And maybe he would get another term, and maybe we'd see a little bit more peace, but then his term would end, and it would be no more. I want you to think through history, that any king in history who brought us peace, what eventually happened? He died. He had a shelf life. And maybe his peace died with him. As you look at Jesus, he's a different kind of ruler, that he's the prince of peace, that he is alive and he reigns forever, that he's not bound by term limits or death, that he reigns forever and so his peace reigns forever. Listen, here's what that means, that you and I this evening, if you know Jesus, you know the Prince of Peace, that you can have a peace that has no end. It's not bound. You can experience it forever, no matter your circumstance no matter your loneliness, no matter your exhaustion, no matter your difficulty, you have access to that peace. And so how do we experience it, right? Who doesn't want that kind of peace? Even if you're here and you don't know Jesus and you just came with a family member or a friend because it's Christmas Eve, as I describe that to you, that would be nice in your life, wouldn't it? To experience that peace. So how do we, let's look at that just briefly together. We experience peace and his plan. So the kids read the story in the New Testament. You fast forward from Isaiah 700 years to the New Testament, you see Jesus is born, but there's anything but peace in his circumstances. You think about Mary, she was a teenager and told she's going to raise God. Any teenagers in the room? Anybody who used to be a teenager? Right? 
Imagine I came to you and said, how about you raise God? Some anxiety would well up within you. Some of you are way beyond your teenage years. And if you were told you're going to raise God at 50 years old, some anxiety would well up within you, right? It should. And that's what was happening in, in the days of Mary and the days of Joseph as they brought Jesus into the world. And not only that, they had to travel to Bethlehem in the latter stages of pregnancy by donkey for a couple days. Now, any women who are pregnant in here? Any women who have been pregnant? Yeah, a lot of you. Imagine latter stages of pregnancy, nine months in your pregnancy, you're doing this on a donkey for two days. How's that going to feel? How's that going to feel in the body? I think some aches. I think some pains. I think some questioning. God, you miraculously impregnated me. Couldn't you miraculously have flown me to Bethlehem and put me up in a suite? Like, how is that working out, God? It wasn't very peaceful, and it doesn't get peaceful when they get to Bethlehem, right? You know the story. There's no room for them. And so they end up, we think, in a barn, maybe a cave. Jesus is born in a manger. It wasn't very peaceful, but listen to how Mary responds after the birth of Jesus. This is Luke 2, 19. Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. She has a peace that, that Mary realized that there was a plan, that through all the pain, there was a plan. Just a few verses earlier, it was proclaimed through the shepherds that, that this wasn't just a baby, this was a savior, that his name is Christ the Lord. And that Mary treasured that, pondered that. And so as she looked at all the chaos of their journey to Bethlehem, as she looked at all the, the conflict with other people who knew she was a teenage girl engaged to be married and that baby wasn't Joseph's, I mean, can you just imagine the gossip train? Anything but peace, but Mary looks at all those circumstances and she treasures them. She ponders them in her heart. Why? Because she sees there's a plan. That this isn't just a baby, that a Savior has come. Listen, it's incredible. You need to read the Bible. The same Savior that Isaiah proclaimed 700 years ago, the Christmas message he proclaimed 700 years ago, Mary is living it 700 years later. That she gets to be a part of it. And so you have to ride a donkey for a couple days? Who cares? You don't have a room to sleep in? So what? You're in a barn? It doesn't matter. You're part of the plan of God. Redemptive history, listen, is culminating in the birth of a baby who would become a king, who would die to save people from their sin, and who would rise again who would reign forever, and his peace would as well. That Mary just gets a glimpse of that, and she's able to look at her turmoil and her chaos and her anxiety, and she's able to step back and have peace. Listen, you need to know that whatever conflict you're experiencing, that God has a plan through your pain. He has a plan through your pain that, that you get to be a part of, not in the same way as Mary, but you get to be a part of redemptive history as well. That God knew you would come. 
that God knew all these years later that you would be here tonight and that you would have the opportunity to treasure up all these things in your heart, to ponder them just as Mary did in the midst of your loneliness, in the midst of your exhaustion, in the midst of your sin and your conflict, that you would have the opportunity in this moment to experience peace because you know there's a greater plan. And so listen, some of you got ready tonight and it was chaos. Some of you in your job right now, you're not sure what's gonna happen in the new year. Some of you, it's external and obvious and people just know and you know you don't have peace. Some of you, it's internal and hidden and you don't wanna talk about that right now. And every time I say that, you get a little anxious and, and that wells up within you. You need to know in the midst of all of that that God is using all of that for a greater purpose and a greater plan. It's for you to know him and to make him known. That Christmas isn't just about a baby in a manger, it's about a king on a cross. You see, as we study the incarnation and the story the kids read about and that I just referenced, you need to know that the incarnation leads us to the crucifixion, and the crucifixion leads us to the resurrection, that the Christmas story points to the Easter story, and that points us to eternity, and it points us to peace that will not end, and you're a part of that. God's plan for you, listen, whatever your circumstance, however you got here this morning, God's plan for you is to know that peace, to know that Jesus, and to make him known to others. So you can have peace this evening right where you sit. Romans 5 says, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You have peace through Jesus. You've been justified, made right with your creator by having faith in Jesus Christ. So I'm not trying to minimize your pain. Listen, I know some of you have been in some, some really difficult times in your past and your present, but you need to know there's a plan, that God is using that for a greater purpose, that he's involving you in his plan, and there's peace in that, even when it's hard, that he promises to be with you. John 14, right before the cross, right before the crucifixion, where he goes on to hang on a cross, to die for our sins, to justify us before God. Right before that, in John 14, Jesus said this. He said, my peace I leave with you. I give to you. He promises to send a helper, his spirit, to be with us through all the pain. That 2 Corinthians 1.3 says that in our affliction, the God of all comfort comforts us so that we might be able to comfort others that you have God's plan, and that you have God's presence, if you know him, and therefore you can have peace. And listen, when I say know him, this is really important, I don't mean that you come to church. I don't mean that at Christmas you say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I mean, I'll put a nativity scene on my mantle. I'm not talking about that kind of knowing Jesus. I'm talking about submitting your whole life to Jesus. Have you done that? Listen, if you know Jesus, if you've done that, if you've submitted your whole life to him, you can experience peace. That the fear in your life, the loneliness in your life, the chaos in your life, the exhaustion in your life, it doesn't have to define you. You can have peace with God even through those circumstances because he has a plan for you. His presence is with you. But listen, if you don't know Jesus, if you just come to church every once in a while, if you're just religious and you think I'll do some nice things for some nice people, 
I want to discourage you for a second. At Christmas, I'm going to discourage you. You'll never have peace. That conflict, that sin that is crippling you, it will always be there. But if you will submit it to God, if you'll let go, some of you are clenched fist right now. Some things in your life, your, your fist is clenched. You're thinking, no, no, no. Tim, I'm just here for a nice service. I'm just here for some nice songs. I'm going to go eat dinner with my family. Uh, don't try to take this from me. I just need to, to move along here. Don't try to get at my heart and my head about Jesus. Do I really submit my whole life to him? And some of you are, are clenched fist right now. And you're thinking, no, 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 it's not time for that. Listen, if you would let that go in this moment, if you would submit your life to God and say, God, I believe in your peace. I believe in what Isaiah proclaimed that he sent Jesus to live the life that I could never live, to die the death that I deserve, to reconcile me to God, to give me peace with God and with others, that you would submit all your loneliness, your sin, your doubt, your depression to that God. If you would do that in this moment, then you can have this promise of peace. That the sin that's crippling you now doesn't have to tomorrow. That the loneliness that's weighing you down now doesn't have to name you in the new year. You can have peace, but it only comes through Jesus. Why? Because he's the source. He's the prince of peace. That's his name. That's who he is. And so listen, in this moment, all of us have clenched fists in some way. Right? For some of you, it's, I'm, I'm not going to submit my life to God. I'm not going to believe in Jesus. I'm not going to trust in Jesus with my whole self. For some of us, you, you've done that, right? But you're thinking, I'm not going to deal with this cycle of sin. I'm not going to deal with this anxiety and loneliness. I'm just going to hold on to it. I'm not going to deal with my exhaustion and overworkedness. I'm just going to hold on to it. Listen, all of us need to let that go tonight. That God is calling you to let that go and experience peace. How do we know? Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says it. It says the way we experience peace is really complicated. You'll, you're never going to believe this. The way we experience this kind of peace, this lasting, sustaining peace, is we ask for it. That we let go of everything else and we ask for it. And so I want to do this. No matter where you are tonight, no matter if you know Jesus or you don't, if there's loneliness in your life, if there's exhaustion or conflict or sin in your life, if what you're experiencing, the anxiety you're experiencing is external and obvious or if it's internal and hidden, whatever that is for you, I want to invite you to do this with me. I would invite you just to open your hands like this. This is a sign of surrender before God. Symbolically, that you would open your hands. Would you guys do that with me? And I'm going to pray this prayer over you. If you don't know Jesus, this would be the time where you trust in Jesus. If you do know Jesus, this would be a time where you ask for the peace of God, the peace that Philippians says surpasses all understanding, that you would ask for it and you would let go of whatever you're holding on to. And so let me pray for us right now. Keep your hands open. Uh, Jesus, all things are from you, for you, and to you. You are deity in the form of humanity. You are perfect perfection that meets us in our brokenness. You are peace that overcomes all of our circumstances. You are the promise of peace. You are the reality of peace tonight. And so, God, as we open up our hands symbolically before you, I just pray that we would let go of whatever is keeping us from that peace. Maybe it is we just don't know you. We've gone through the motions. We've been religious, but we've never submitted our life to you. God, in this moment, I pray that we would trust in Jesus.
that we would simply say, I confess of my sin, Jesus, and I give my life to you. I want to follow you all the rest of my days. And that in that moment, those men and women who did that would receive peace. And God, all of us in here who have done that, God, the things we're hanging on to, we would let go and we would ask for peace, that you give it, that you promise it to us. And it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's a peace that is comprehensive, that's holistic, that's eternal. And we would experience that tonight. Father, help us in the name of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to experience your peace tonight. We pray that. Amen.